Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Blind Boys Politics here with you for this Friday morning episode. And as tradition has it, Chris, would you mind giving us the weather for this weekend? I'd love to. I would love to. In Los Angeles, California, it's partly cloudy 74 with a partly cloudy weekend. Houston, Texas, it's partly cloudy in 75 with a nice partly cloudy weekend. Chicago, it's sunny in 42 with a partly cloudy weekend. New York City, sunny in 38, and you guessed it, partly cloudy weekend. Hmm. Well, all right then. Partly cloudy all the way around. It's rare that we see that. It's usually, you know, raining, snowing, something, somewhere. You know the way that you need to look at it this weekend? Since there's no snow, partly sunny. Partly sunny. It's like the glass is half full. Exactly. (laughs) We could be getting a blizzard. But nope, we're getting partly sunny. Gotta love that. Who couldn't deal with a nice blast of partly sunny weather? You know, okay... You guys are going to get to see a bit of my the way my brain works here, okay? Because I just thought of this. No one wants that. Even I don't want it, but here you go. Why do meteorologists classify it as partly cloudy sometimes and then mostly sunny other times? I find it, like, confusing <laughs> and also saddening. I'm no weather professional. Mm-hmm. But I know the difference between that. I mean, I don't, considering, well, I can't see the difference, but like. You don't have to see the differences in percent. I don't look at percentages. Oh, God bless your soul. Thank God you're not the meteorologist around here. Yeah, none of the weather reports I look at give percentages. Thank you. They all give percentages. None of the ones I look at do. Yes, they do. When it's raining, they say 30% chance of rain. Yeah, but they don't give the cloud percentage. It's not the... Oh, good God. It's not the cloud percentage. It's the UV percentage that makes it based off of how much the cloud percentage is to make it either partly cloudy or mostly sunny. Mostly sunny generally means there's going to be a few clouds maybe early morning, but then it's going to be sunny throughout the rest of the day or lingering clouds through the day, one or two you see in the sky. Partly cloudy is there's pretty much clouds everywhere in the sky. Guys, I just want to point out that this, that this shows you how much I paid attention in earth science and weather. I never paid attention to your science, but it's kind of like part of my job to know what's going on in the weather, so you kind of pick up on it. Well, there you go. You're the master meteorologist for a reason. I just learned something. What, you just learned to listen to me talk about meteorologist things and you pretend like you understand? I'm a smart human being, sir. I feel like that happens a lot. I just tell you things and you pretend like you understand. No, if I don't understand it, I'll ask you a million questions till your head explodes. I would prefer that. That makes me seem smarter. (laughs) So let's have more of that. Mm. Thank you. Problem is, I pretty much understand the things when you explain them. Because I'm that smart, I explain it so well. Oh, of course. Exactly. We can go with that. Whatever helps you sleep at night. 
<laughs> Moving on from how Nick's dumb brain works, let's get into some news on how Nick's big smart side of the brain works. On <laughs> political news, news, and more news. News is fun. Who doesn't love the news? You gotta love the news. But yeah, we should probably just kick it right off here. We got a lot to talk about today. And we start out today's episode by talking about uh, the fact that the $15 an hour minimum wage boost that we have discussed prior to this episode is dead at this point as far as its inclusion in the stimulus package. So as we told you Monday, this um, this part of the package is this wage boost violates a very specific uh, rule in the budget reconciliation and the Senate parliamentarian was trying to decide whether or not it would be cut for that reason. Uh, we also talked about how um, how the Senate was considering a workaround by instead imposing a tax penalty on business that did not pay their employees $15 an hour. Uh, but Again, as of Monday afternoon, this is all dead. If you are wondering why, there are two main reasons for this. One, economists say the minimum wage penalty was too easy for businesses to avoid and too hard to implement. And B, lawmakers don't want to sink the entire stimulus bill over this one issue. The White House has already said that no one, including Vice President Kamala Harris, will be overriding the Senate parliamentarian. We want you to keep in mind, the Democrats are using budget reconciliation to pass the stimulus package. And as of right now, there's no Republican support for the package. Um, you know, so that, that makes things a lot harder to pass at this point for for reasons we'll get into a little bit later on. The President and Senate Democrats have stated that they are still committed to raising the minimum wage. Um, however, it'll probably have to come later in a different bill. Uh, the debate for the stimulus package started on Wednesday and a votorama will happen after that. Looking at the whole stimulus itself, overview, just not the $15 an hour, it's very important to not keep a single thing that you've heard set in stone. Most likely it's going to change. And now that the debate has already started, things are already going to get dicey. They've started to get dicey. They're going to continue being dicey. Since there is no Republican support for the bill in the Senate, every single Democrat and independent need to vote yes for this bill to pass. And Democrats in the Senate are even talking about adjusting many things like the amount of federal unemployment benefits, how long you can be on unemployment, and who even qualifies for the $1,400 stimulus checks. With that in mind, President Biden has told the Senate Democrats to stick together, don't compromise, and to get this package passed ASAP. Uh, 
so, you know, don't get attached to any ideas as far as the stimulus package goes right now. Things are bound to change. Uh, things are already changing, including who qualifies. And we'll get into a little bit of those changes right now. The major piece of the $1.9 trillion stimulus bill is the $1,400 stimulus tax. Senate leadership has changed the requirements of who would receive a stimulus check. If you file your taxes as single and make more than $80,000 a year, you don't qualify. Head of households making more than $120,000, married and making more than $160,000 also do not qualify to get it. You will qualify if you are single and making less than $75,000 a year. Kind of the household in making less than $112,000 a year and married making less than $150,000 a year. Mind you, this still needs to go to a vote as of this time. Uh, qualifying dependence is also up for debate as well. Um, and keep in mind, even if these changes do pass the Senate, it doesn't mean that it's going to pass the House. Another thing that has changed about the about the package is the timeline of its passing. Uh, Senate Republicans are now talking about asking for a full reading of the entire bill on the Senate floor and introducing a hundred new amendments during the votorama. Uh, both of these things could delay the Senate vote by days. And as we've stated already, things are going to change. So don't get attached to anything that's in the package just yet. So that was yesterday. Uh, the whole talk of possibilities of making it read the whole bill. Well, Thursday came and it was decided by a GOP senator. He demanded a full reading of the full bill on the floor of the Senate. The bill is about 630 pages. And just to be clear, this typically does not happen. Like this does not happen with every single bill, but it's happening with this bill. And if you are curious on how long this is going to take, take, it took 10 plus hours for the bill to be read. So, you know, some people might be saying, good, they, they should know what's in the bill. They should know what's going on in the thing they're voting on. Well, I mean, that's fine and dandy, but for most of the time of this reading, you know, a lot of the senators weren't even there and a lot who were weren't listening at all. <laughs> um, so, you know, so the Senate... They, they did read the bill in its entirety last night. But the real reason for, for all this, uh, for the reading of the bill and all that, is to act as a political delay maneuver. Transitioning into a little bit of a different topic, but still staying into Washington, the investigation on the attack on the Capitol is ongoing. And a little recap of what happened Tuesday, the FBI director was questioned for hours about the FBI's response from the attack January 6th. Director Ray says he was very careful about 
what he discussed to the Senate committee as the investigation is still ongoing, but he did repeatedly confirm who was responsible on, for the attack that day. And we have a piece of that audio here. Of violent extremism, some instances of uh, racially motivated uh, violent extremism, uh, specifically advocating for the superior of the white race. And he also stated at this point, who is believed not to be involved. I have not to date seen any evidence of, uh, of anarchist violent extremists or, or people subscribing to Antifa uh, in connection with the 6th. That doesn't mean we're not looking. We got even more insight on Wednesday as there was a surprise announcement that D.C. National Guard Major General William Walker had agreed to testify in front of the investigation committee. Uh, Last week, the D.C. Metro Police Chief and the Capitol Police Chief testified that as the Capitol had been overrun, they urgently requested help from the National Guard and said that they were shocked at the Defense Department's uh, reluctance to send help. Moving on to the hearings Wednesday, it took three hours and 19 minutes to for the Department of Defense to convey why it took hours to deploy the National Guard to the Capitol to defend the complex and lawmakers from the violent rioters. This was an explosive testimony from the National Guard Major General William Walker, and this was all given under oath. He testified that he took the desperate call from the Capitol Police Chief and D.C. Metro Police Chief for help shortly after the rioters stormed the Capitol, and he was shocked. The Department of Defense and commanding army general didn't immediately approve the request instead they were worried about optics and we have a bit of the audio from this testimony here chain of command is the president the secretary of defense secretary of the army william walker commanding general district of columbia national guard who was talking about optics were general flynn and general pyatt and and they both said it wouldn't be in their best military advice to advised the Secretary of the Army to have uniformed guards members at the Capitol during the election confirmation. General Pyatt told me yesterday that he didn't say anything about optics. There were people in the room with me on that call that heard what they heard. Now, this is still an ongoing investigation. It is not a closed case. Uh, So we will be reporting here with the updates as they come out. Continuing to stick with Washington, D.C., there is laws being proposed left and right for different election practices, what should be done, what should stay. The Democrats have a plan that would affect all Americans in all 50 states, and Republicans want to go state by state. In Arizona, where there is a big focus on election laws with the changes Republicans want made, it would affect people of color based off of what a lower court said. In Arizona, the current proposed law is toss out ballots cast in the wrong district and limit the collection of absentee ballots allowed. Critics of this bill proposal call it ballot harvesting. Republicans are saying that the only reason the Democrats want to keep this in law is simply because of politics. Uh, Democrats say that there needs to be auto registration 
and laws made for how laws work. Republicans call that going too far. And in 40 states, Republicans are trying to change election laws with 250 different proposals. Critics of the bill say that it would limit voter access. Uh, For example, for some of this, in Georgia, the proposal is limiting absentee ballot access, uh, ID requirements, and to reduce weekend early voting. Republicans say that with these changes, it would reduce voter fraud. Moving out to Washington, we're looking at Amazon. In an Amazon warehouse in Alabama, there is serious talk of unionizing, and it's even in currently in a vote right now. The Amazon workers, they say they want to join a retail union. Amazon says they, they treat their employees very well, paying them $15 an hour, which is double the state minimum wage. On the other hand, the employees at the warehouse have said that they don't get proper breaks for food and bathroom. Uh, At this warehouse, 15% of the employees are black and 50% are women. Uh, There's a vote going on until March 23rd, and the union thinks that it will be a close vote. It's come for that time of the episode. It's time for some rapid news, and Nick is going to kick us off. All right. So first we start off with the fact that Andrew Cuomo, governor of New York, has apologized publicly for the sexual harassment allegations. More than 300 people have been arrested in the Capitol attack, with more arrests being made daily. And finally, it has been announced that there will be an all-peanut butter Reese's Cup. No chocolate, just all peanut butter. So we all know what Nick's doing on April 1st. He's going to the store and buying that. That is the day of release. But Nick, tell me some good news. This is what you specialize in. I think I'm starting to add a lot of pressure onto you because I don't know if I should be telling people this. But I did hear you having a panic attack about finding the best of the best of the greatest news. Of course, the worst panic attack of my life. It was it was horrible, but we got through it. You know, the week that I was alone, I felt a lot of pressure to find some really good news Mm. because it It, makes you want to like read good news after good news after good news to make sure you found the best of the best. Exactly. Exactly. And then it's hard because then there's multiple of them that are like really good. But that yeah. was my insight on good news. <laughs> <laughs> no, I totally agree with you. You know, sometimes you just jump down a rabbit hole of good news and then you get completely lost and don't know how to find your way back. But mm-hmm. let's get into it. So the one I found, um, the event in question, it, it happened about a month ago now, but the, the story is pretty fresh at the same time. So during the Super Bowl, if you watched it, you might have seen a commercial for a small town bookstore. Well, the reason that this happened, you know, in contrast to, you know, usually you see just a lot of the big companies advertising throughout the big game. But the reason you might have seen this is because Stephen 
Colbert. Um, I love Stephen Colbert. I know you do. <laughs> uh, who is the host of The Late Show. He did a contest for small businesses to um, enter their names. And I think there were other couple other qualifications for it. I can't remember off the top of my head. But essentially, one business would be chosen to have an ad done about their business and put into the Super Bowl commercials. Well, this bookstore in question was failing. You know, winter, they've said it's their slowest time usually. They needed to sell like almost 1,400 books a month to stay open, and they just weren't hitting that, you know, COVID-19 was pretty much destroying their business as, you know, just like many others. So they happened to, you know, win this contest and they got their ad. Even Tom Hanks got in on it. You know, it he took part in the ad and they started getting orders from all over the world. If I remember correctly, they got orders from Sweden and Finland and, and places just all across the globe. Um, oh, yeah. And it's, it's allowed them to, to stay open to this point. You know, they had said that uh, after that ad aired, they were starting to get more orders in an hour than they were used to getting per month, you know? So <laughs> Oh, or in a typical week, I think it was. Um, you know, they, they, they've said recently things have slowed down comparatively, but they're still busier than they normally would be under normal circumstances. So this ad really, really helped them. They were able to stay open. So it, it's all really thanks to Stephen Colbert and, and Tom Hanks for helping them stay open it's cool because we've talked a lot about community helping businesses and you know just these small town stories helping each other out but to see it on a celebrity level celebrities helping these small businesses in in little ways like this it's really nice to see honestly so i have a few things to say Mm mm-hmm One's a question. Okay. Um, did it say like who chose which business got their the ad one? Was it like a public competition, like voting? Did Col- I think Stephen Colbert pick? I think he picked it. I can't remember off the top of my head. I'm, so, I'm sorry, I can't remember it off you know right now, but I do believe it was him that picked it. Okay, and then. One more thing. Mm-hmm. I must be really slacking watching Stephen Colbert <laughs> because I didn't even know this was a thing. And I usually watch Stephen Colbert at least a couple times a week. Didn't even know this was a thing. I'm glad you told me this good news story because it's it's a different kind of good news story. It's like it's not the typical good news story. It's like a fun competition, you know, winner. It's a big Super Bowl ad. Tom Hanks is in it. Like, it's just a big, it's a, it's a long-lasting good 
darkness is done because now their business stays open. They got a Super Bowl commercial. Who can say they have a Super Bowl commercial and who can say they met Tom Hanks? Right. And, you know, it's like I said before, with with everything going on with the way the economy is because of the pandemic and all that, it's just nice to see these celebrities and these big names contribute to saving these different small businesses, these different community businesses. You know, we want to see our, you know, our small town businesses stay open, our family businesses stay open. And for these people to help contribute to that survival. A big level celebrity ranking is Stephen Colbert and Tom Hanks. Oh, exactly. Exactly. Some of the biggest names out there, um, you know, as far as their field. And it's just awesome to see. It really is. So good job. You get to keep your king hat for good news. Finder, Hunter, Downer. Wait, wait, wait. wait. We need to pause. We need to pause. My king hat. (laughs) You mean a crown? Nope. If I go to Broad Street, you go to Crown. (laughs) What? I think you're confusing yourself now. Shut up. (laughs) Good job, Nick. You get to keep your king crown of the tracking down, finding expert of all good news, delivering the good news, making me happy every Monday and Friday. I wish you could do this every day, which you really should be doing this for me every day just to keep me happy. But we'll talk about that after recording. But that is the end of this Friday morning episode. Hope you guys enjoyed. We'll see you back here Monday morning. Make sure you follow us on all social medias, especially the Blind Boys Politics Twitter account for 24-7 latest breaking news from all over the world so you know exactly what's going on at that very minute in time. Follow us on our personal accounts to always stay up to date on what's going on with our last. See if Nick delivers that good news to me. But until Monday morning, have a good weekend, guys. Later.